Celebrating female role models across our community live from McRobertson's Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live. Welcome everyone, live from McRobertson's Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live. My name is Grace and my co-hosts today are Momi, Katie and Kezia. Our special guest today is Cheryl Tai, recognised as Aussie Entrepreneur of the Year in 2013 as co-founder of Cupcake Central and luckily for us, ex-McRobian. Hi Cheryl, welcome Hi. to the show. Thanks for having me. Perfect. How are you feeling walking around the McRob hallways today? Well, very nostalgic and yeah, I can see that you're doing building works and I feel like I'm just transported back in time <laughs> yeah back then it was just full of building works as well but it's yeah great to yeah. be back oh go on yeah so when you were at McRob did you ever think you would be in the position you were in today oh definitely not so I think in year 11 I, ha- I still had no idea what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and obviously we had to pick all of our subjects uh, and you know, when I had to pick my subjects for year 11 and 12, I just picked subjects that I liked. And I was really, really lucky that my parents were, you know, supportive and they didn't force me to do bio. I hate, I hate <laughs> anything to do with chemistry. Um, and yeah, I did English, obviously, um, languages. So I did Indonesian and um, just trying to think back, counting, maths, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. So how was your experience at Macrob? I loved Macrob. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, definitely a great experience for me. And previous to Macrob, I was um, at a different high school and experienced a little bit of bullying, mainly because I was a studious student and right. I was a straight A student and mm-hmm. um, I used to get picked on for being a straight A student <laughs> and so I actually didn't even tell my parents I applied to go to Macrob and I went to sit the exam and when I got in I got they saw this letter and they're like what is this <laughs> I'm like oh yeah I applied to go to Macrob and I got in so they were really happy for me because that was what I wanted to do and um and yeah, I loved my time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of students can really relate to that. And as soon as they come to Macrob, which is such like an inviting space and yeah. the students that are a lot like you around there, they feel yeah. more safe. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's actually really inspiring that you went from Macrob to the person you are today, because I'm sure a lot of us here can feel like very like unmotivated and we don't know what we're doing. And it's super cool to have someone like you here who's so successful and so inspiring. Thanks. So yeah, I just think that's so cool. Um, our, next, our next question was like, what was the journey of you going from a crop to where you are today? Yeah, well, you know, um, when I graduated high school, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I actually looked at my uncle for inspiration because, and not many people were in IT during that time. This is, you know, I graduated in 2001, so 20 years ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, during that time, he was like, you know, flying around the world and making lots of money and working in IT and I I love tech and Mm. I thought that's a really cool job. I'm going to try to do that. So I enrolled in business information systems at RMIT. So did that. And I back, yeah, back then it was not many women in IT at all. Mm. So um, I really went, um, yeah, down that path and, and um, yeah, just, just followed, I guess, my passion in tech and, and went from there. Yeah. yeah, like looking at it, you obviously looked at your uncle as a role mm. model and now it's really great because like obviously he's a man, you can still yes. look at him, but now all of us <laughs> can look at you like as a woman mm. in, you know, these male-dominated industries. Like 
And also just talking about that tech, obviously you went from tech and then you went to Cupcake Central and now mm. the leaving Extraordinary Woman, like, do you know what, what, like, what point did you say, like, oh, I need a change? Because, like, mm. We've been talking about like universities and choosing what we have to do. And obviously like it's not the be all end all, but sometimes it feels like we're deciding what to do for the rest of our lives. Like, yeah. How did it go with you just following where, what you wanted to do? Yeah, well, I actually just, I mean, sounds a little bit woo-woo, but I really do believe the universe, part, you know, paves the oh, way yeah. for me. And I just really um, sought uh, inspiration. So when I'm feeling inspired and passionate, where I'm doing something that I'm just so engrossed in, you know, when you're, if you, whether you're like painting or cooking or something like that, you know, when you're in that zone and you just feel so um, empowered and inspired and you don't want to sleep, you just want to keep doing it. Yeah. That's, that's what I kept following. <laughs> and so when I, you know, started in IT, I really thought, okay, this is going to be the career for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I went into it thinking, yep, I'm a, you know, went and um, got promoted and worked for um a big, you know, American firm. I thought that's it. This is like me making it. And <laughs> and when I went into that whole world, I started to realize, oh, um, maybe this isn't for me because working nine to five, I just felt <laughs> it was a little bit soul destroying. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't feel inspired. I didn't. I just felt like it was Groundhog Day. So literally, oh, just day in day out, it was the same mm-hmm. thing. And I started baking on the side. So when I was consulting. I would have to travel um, pretty far mm-hmm. and so I didn't have family around. I was a bit bored sometimes so I thought, you know, I'll just bake cupcakes and <laughs> yeah. and, um, and it actually my inspiration came from going to um, New York. So I actually oh, went to New apple. York. Yeah, the big yeah. apple. <laughs> yeah, when I went to New York, I uh, went to Magnolia Bakery and it was incredible. I just saw people eating cupcakes and um, I just thought, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to have my own cupcake bakery one day. So I just started baking at home and, um, you know, and then I just found real passion for it. Mm. Yeah, no, it's – oh, sorry. It's insane how successful it is. Like Katie has a story about Cupcake Central. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Like, well, for, my, for Katie's <laughs> birthday, I, oh. I went and ordered some Cupcake Central and she literally loved it. Oh, and yeah, then that's when we, like, we were like, actually, the CEO is from McCrub. We can get there. <laughs> yeah. um, so you obviously experienced a shift in occupation. What do you think would be – the biggest challenge when you were doing that is, you know, it's a lot of hardships in that. So what did you find? Yeah, it was definitely really scary because this was in the height of the global financial crisis Mm -hmm. and um, I had no idea I would lose my job. So when I lost my job in 2009, um, I just thought, wow, this is an opportunity for me to go out and bake cupcakes for a living because I was too scared to – yeah, quit my job. Yeah, of course. Um, and like also bringing it back to like you being a woman in a male-dominated industry, did you ever feel like you were discriminated against or did you like go through those hardships and those hurdles to be where you are right now? Like what was your experience with that? Working in IT and being surrounded by, by men, it was definitely a challenge and, you know, I think I had to in a way um, – play up my masculinity so 
I remember specifically going out, um, you know, normally they have after work drinks on Fridays and you have Mm. to go out and mingle. I knew that, yes, you could work hard in your job, but it was also who you knew and um, how much of a relationship you have with your colleagues and your managers specifically. So when they went to after work drinks, um, you know, many of the women would be like, you know, I need to go home. I need to, you know, they might have families and um, I was quite young at that time. So I would hang out with them, but then they would specifically go to cigar bars and, you know, leave the women out. So things like that was, yeah, quite um, looking back now is just, discriminatory and it was um disheartening to see um Mm. and it was definitely very much a boys club of course Mm. yeah so obviously you've been through a lot in your journey and like becoming who you are so were there any points that you wanted to quit like just give up or anything oh all the time like you know (laughs) especially when you're starting a business Mm. you often question you know am I doing the right thing um you don't you know have other people that at the start, it's usually just yourself working um, on the business and, and you question all the time, am I doing the right thing? Should I just stay with something safe and something that I know will pay the bills or do I continue to follow my dreams? Because at the very beginning when you're starting business, it's just this little idea that you have in your head and you don't know whether it will grow into this anything significant or anything that um, you can dream about. So it's, it's um, yeah, you know, I used to question 20 times a day, <laughs> am I doing the right thing? Should I quit now? Yeah, but obviously you got there. Mm-hmm. Please tell us all about the League, League of Extraordinary Women and yeah. everything. What's that all about? Absolutely. So I guess, you know, when I started Cupcake Central, it was a very lonely journey. I was baking cupcakes at home by myself and then eventually it grew to one store and then two and three stores. But at that very beginning, I was really looking for support and I was looking for other role models and wanting to learn from other entrepreneurs on how they created their business. So I started going out to all these business networking events (laughs) and they were just full of men. Yeah. Literally, I would walk in and there was, you know, three or four other women in the room. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, I just gravitated Mm. towards them. Uh, I felt more comfortable. And um, yeah, and I met these three incredible women that all ran their own businesses and they were at a similar stage to I was. And we just started hanging out for coffee and um, eating cupcakes. And (laughs) we started talking about, hey, wouldn't it be cool to actually create an event for women? Mm. and be able to have these kind of like, you know, catch-ups and learn from each other. So we just decided, oh, we'll put up an event up on Facebook, um, you know, and call it League of Extraordinary Women because it was catchy. (laughs) And then two, three weeks later it became this big full-blown event event yeah. Yeah, no, it's great that you're like um breaking that stigma of like women being competitions. Mm-hmm. If you guys just tuned in, you're listening to Be Like Her live on McGrub Live, live from McGrubberton's Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Grace and my co-hosts today are Katie, Kezia and Malmi. And our special guest today is Cheryl Tai, who's currently working on the League of Extraordinary Women. Like, but as I was just saying, um, you're breaking the stigma of like women are kind of like comp- competitors and everything like mm-hmm. you know like I did you ever feel like like it's so great that you're seeing other women as like helping each other up like putting giving like as you said like 
a lot of these things, it's about who you know. You know, mm. it's hard when you you started, you said you started like baking by yourself in a kitchen. Like, you know, just like mm. it's this networking thing is like, have you seen other women like use the League of Extraordinary Women to like get higher and better yeah, yeah absolutely so I mean with the league when we create these events we create an environment that's really I would say more relaxed and chill so that people don't have the kind of barriers or the you know walking in feeling like they don't they have to be somebody else they can actually go in and be themselves and talk about um you know be real honest and raw about how hard it is to run a business or even seeking other people for inspiration. They might have had an idea for ages and been sitting on it and not had the courage to go out and start something. But when they go into these events, um, they they feel open to yeah, open to talking to others. Of course. And can I just say the title is definitely so cool, The League of Extraordinary <laughs> yeah. Women, 100%. And just like in this room alone, we have a lot of young students and a lot of young women. For them, what advice would you give them as they're like 18, going into mm. the world, becoming adults? What advice would you give them like going into a world dominated by men? Uh, well, I think these days I don't even, you know, when I started, I didn't even think about um, it's us against men or um, you know, it, it was more that if I want to do something, I can go out and give it a go. Um, I never really had it in the back of my mind that, um, no, this can only be done by men. And I think nowadays, like this is 20 years ago, and, and I think I grew up in an environment where I was just really supported and mm -hmm. uh, never told no that I couldn't do anything. So, yeah, I guess my advice would be to go out there and just um, – uh, you know, follow your heart. Um, it sounds really corny, but it's it's really <laughs> yeah. been something that I've done throughout my whole life. As mm. soon as I feel like there's a calling, I follow it. Yeah. So um, what traits do you think have like stuck with you all throughout these years that have helped you like become who you are and helped you get where you are, especially like after facing all those challenges, whether oh. it's like being discriminated in like high school or yeah. even in like the office or yeah. the global financial crisis, like what traits do you think have really like yeah. helped you through it? I mean, the number one um, trait I would say is resilience. Every time you fail and you fall, uh, and it, it comes with the type A personality. Like we, yeah. I'm guessing all of you yeah, <laughs> just hate failing and, you know, if yeah. you're not getting anything yeah. above an A, it's like <laughs> super bad. But, um, you know, when you do find that you're failing or you think it's a failure, it's often uh, an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to grow. So I used to beat myself up when I never got things right or uh, it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. But learning and looking back now, I probably wouldn't have been so hard on myself and realising that resilience is just a, a character trait building. Right. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, sorry, um, we've seen a lot of mental health, like promotion and positive, mm -hmm. like reinforcement on your page. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know, like, what was your, if you don't mind talking about it, what was your journey with that? And like, why is it so important to you right now? And mm. to spread that awareness. Yeah. I, mm. um, you know, I think back then I, I didn't even, uh, mental health awareness was not a thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think nowadays it's really great because, it's you can talk about it yeah. and it, you can be open about it and not be judged um, by it. Uh, whereas back, you know, 20, 20 years ago it was mm -hmm. a thing and you'd have to battle that alone. Um, I guess for me when I kind of went through that journey and ha having to build resilience and 
it was, um, I found meditation to be really right. profound and I think that's only been a ten, last 10-year 10 thing and I was doing it before, you know, it was cool and trendy and <laughs> yeah. the apps. Yeah. And so I found that to be the number one thing for me to help, um, yeah, just get that clarity. Yeah, so you mentioned just then like meditation. When you reach those points where you were kind of just like, oh, this isn't working out and stuff mm. like that, what was the what were your first steps, you know, in mm. trying to combat that or, or these yep. negative thoughts? Yeah. Um, I've been journaling since I was – 13. Yeah, so I actually have a whole stack of journals, even through my crop, I would like to be journaling. And um, I think, you know, this is even before meditation because I didn't know about much about it then, but journaling was a huge thing. So if I ever experienced, um, yeah, something that was, you know, hardship, I would, the first thing I would do is open my journal and write it down, express my thoughts. um, And that's how I was able to overcome them. Yeah. How different do you think that you were from McCrub to now? Like if you look at your development, like yeah. what do you think is different? Because right now I'm looking at myself and I don't think <laughs> anything will change. But what do you think about that? Oh, for myself, it's yeah. so different. I honestly, when I was in high school, I was so timid and shy. <laughs> I could not even pick up a phone and have a, a conversation with a stranger. So, you know, when I one of my first jobs um, in IT was IT support. Mm-hmm. I was so scared to even answer the phone (laughs) so nowadays you know I'm up speaking in front of a thousand people I've spoken in front of a thousand people I've obviously had to yeah do a lot of um, speaking gigs but also running a business is all about you know being on show for your staff and then also your customers so my confidence has definitely um, improved Mm -hmm. and that is something that you're definitely not born with because I didn't have any confidence (laughs) and so I had to build that. Mm. Like from Macrob and onwards like Mm -hmm. what do you think you think your most like proud moment was since then like in your career in your personal life anything? Well I have a couple of accomplishments um my my main one is probably just very recent so I've got a 16 month old girl she's the most adorable girl and you know she's just so independent and (laughs) and I'm really you know um yeah so so blessed to be a mum and uh so that's my first big accomplishment (laughs) but I guess the second one would probably be um following my dream of baking cupcakes like you know just to leave my corporate job behind which Mm -hmm. you know is very daunting and scary especially um you know when everyone's like you need to go out and get a nine-to-five job and a good career and build on that Mm -hmm. and I went out and started baking cupcakes for a living (laughs) people were like what what are you doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's probably yeah Yeah. and then obviously League of Extraordinary Women because um, I was saying before you know we didn't have the support of other women and um, it was hard to come by and so building uh, an organization like the League we've been able to impact over 100 I think 60,000 women um, in our community but then also we've run all these events like 400 plus events where women have either you know found a new career path um, they've connected with their co-founders or made new long life friends so Mm, yeah yeah yeah, so you you said um, before that your biggest accomplishment was your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, things change a lot, especially like in the society. And yeah. do you think things are going to be different for your daughter as she grows up as to like how you grew up and like the challenges you face? Like, do you think 
She'll face the same things. Um, I think she's obviously going to have a lot more opportunity, um, <laughs> yeah. especially these days. And I'm, I have to confess, I'm like a real TikTok addict at the moment. <laughs> that we all are. Yeah, we are yeah. guilty. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking at all these um, young girls and uh, young women really following their passion. Like literally you can go out and be amazing at creating a piece of artwork and create that as your career path. You know, you couldn't do that 20 years ago. People would think you're crazy. You need to, you know, stick to a career, like a a career path nine to five and get a salary. Whereas nowadays you can make so much money just following your passion and putting (laughs) it up online and being creative. So yeah, I just think that she's going to have so much more opportunity to go out and follow what she loves yeah. doing. Yeah, plus she's got like an amazing support system. <laughs> you said that was important to you. Obviously mm-hmm. you must be like the so- most amazing mom. Yeah, I know. Like, genuinely, <laughs> like I think it's so inspiring for people to follow their passion, not once but twice, changing your jobs, you know, like using, you know, the financial crisis or mm. and like using it to your advantage. Like yeah. even with COVID, I know it impacted so many people. Like mm. did your like did – because obviously I'm not sure when the League of Extraordinary mm. Women started, but mm. it must have been difficult, you know, trying to connect people over a quarantine. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the League has been around for 11 years now. So I started it shortly after Cupcake Central because I really just wanted to connect with other oh, women. Yeah. And so, you know, running events, in-person events was our bread and butter and that's mm. how we kind of survived and made our money. And then during lockdown it was – Um, tough to do any of that so we had to actually um, change our business model and do everything online Um, and yeah it it actually worked out pretty well so people were getting onto zooms and and then started getting zoom fatigued afterwards but um, we still made a way to yeah made a way to kind of connect women online and through social media yeah did you find any difficulty in trying to shift online and yeah, it was um, definitely a challenge, especially at the very beginning because we just thought, you know, um, uh, well, you know, how would we do it, all those kind of challenges. And then um, obviously people would just started to get used to meeting online. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that you still kind of face those, you know, struggles of having to deal with like the aftermath of COVID oh, and, you know, it's still like do you still, you know, Try yeah, to work through that. Well, uh, we're trying to plan for an event uh, at the moment, and that's really tough. I think yeah. people are either not ready to go to events or catching COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> well, going back to your um, like your newborn, how has being a mother like changed your perception of the world and like how you view mm. everything now? I think for me, I'm learning. Um, I mean, just how. Kids just soak everything in. So at the <laughs> moment I'm trying to keep up with her. So I don't want to limit her in terms of her learning. And so I'm uh, trying to, in a way, entertain her but also um, teach her things so that she can go off and figure out what it is that she's passionate about. So one weird thing, not weird thing, but um, <laughs> she is very independent and she um, is left-handed. So oh, the no. the weird side of me is like, oh, should I make her use her right hand more? So, you know, my mum, her grandma, it's like, you should get her to use her right hand more. <laughs> and I think to myself like, no, actually I want her to kind of lead the way and, and so – I'm just allowing her to lead me in some areas. Mm, right. Yeah. So you sound like such a supportive mother and you mentioned that your parents were also very supportive of what mm-hmm. you wanted to do. 
as Microvians, you know, a lot of people don't have kind of access to, you know, having supportive parents. Is there any advice you would give to people who are kind of in that space yeah. where their parents are kind of pressuring them to mm-hmm. go in a certain pathway? Or? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I come from an Asian background, so I still had that pressure of yeah. my parents, my grandparents going, oh, you should be a doctor, lawyer, yeah. accountant. <laughs> um, and, you know, for me, I really didn't want to be any of those, go to any of those career paths. So it wasn't resonating with any of them. Um but I would often go out there and still explore and understand, you know, what it is that I, I enjoy doing. And there were times that I didn't actually share it with my parents. So I didn't even tell my mum that I had lost my job during the GFC oh. um, for six months. So I just said, oh, I'm just working from home. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm in, you know, in between projects. So it was only when I started making enough money baking cupcakes at home that I told her and then she was happy with it. She was like, okay, you're doing your own thing, you know what you're doing, that yeah. sort of stuff. So I guess, um, I mean, my advice would be just to go out and do it and yeah, share it afterwards, I don't know. So if you were to look 10 years in the future, where do you hope to see yourself? Well, you know, I think I ha- really have no idea where I'll be um, in terms of career paths because I guess nowadays, you know, I think people are saying that you change career 10 to 20 times in your mm-hmm. whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. So um, at the moment, I'm actually working on two new businesses, which is totally oh, different. Wow. And I've fallen into them. And it was <laughs> oh. literally by chance. And I'm just following it. Um, at the moment, we have. I think four Airbnb properties. And we only did that because out of lockdown, we realised that there's a lot of people out there that um, are travelling interstate or, Mm -hmm. you know, within Victoria and and they're not really flying overseas. And so that's been just like the last four months and it's gone gangbusters. So we're (laughs) setting up another three Airbnbs. Um, But, you know, I know that's not going to be forever. It could be just a short stint. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm really finding it really exciting because – yeah, business is all about learning. Yeah, of course. And speaking of traveling, you mm-hmm. did mention going to New York when you were 20. Yes. How's your traveling experience been? Because I know all of us are really interested in traveling. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. so. I mean, that's probably one of my big words of advice for any, you know, young people out there is if you get the chance to go travel, do it. Because when you go out there, you explore so much of the world. And if I hadn't gone to New York, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I wouldn't have followed this passion of baking cupcakes and having this whole, um, you know, 10 year stint of building an amazing business. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when you go out there and you learn about the world, you learn about what you're passionate about as well. So being open to that. Mm. Yeah. Is there any like regrets that you're like, I should have gone and done that? Like, Mm. or like regrets of like, I did that and I regret doing it. Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest regret in life is like I always had limiting beliefs say, thinking that I was too young. Mm, right. So now I'm 38 but, you know, when I started my business I was like 25. So I just thought I was too young to start a business and I just wish now <laughs> looking back that I probably could have done it earlier but I, need, I know that, you know, things take time. But um, nowadays, yeah, my biggest regret is like having that belief that I'm too young. And I always looked young as well. So when I started <laughs> consulting, everyone thought I was like a little baby, like, you know, consulting for these older guys. And so I always had this limiting belief that no one's going to listen to me. I'm, I look too young. I'm too young. I don't know anything. But, yeah. 
No, no. I think a lot of us, like, um, it's easy to undermine yourself and mm. be like, and find kind of like excuses. So you're like, oh no, like I, the reason why I'm failing, it's like, I just, it's hard to like 100%. be assured in yourself. Yeah. But obviously yeah. let's talk about Australian of the year. Like that's entrepreneur <laughs> of the year in Australia. That's insane. Um, what was it like, like being rewarded for all your hard work? Um, yeah, I think that was a surreal moment because we got invited to this award ceremony and I don't, I don't even know who nominated me, but they just asked me to come along. And, um, when we won the award, I was like, (laughs) um, but yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's, it was a really fun night and, um, it was a pinch me moment because obviously, and also Telstra Business Women's Award, um, I came around, I was a runner up, but, um, that was something that I thought that was totally out of reach and didn't even want to put mm-hmm. my name forth. So, you know, through even the league, I always encourage other women to go and put their hands up to go, hey, apply for the award or nominate someone that you think will will be great at it. Um, you know, just put your hand up. So going off of that, you've mm. clearly had so many moments of success. What was the first moment of success for you and what did that feel like? Oh, I kind of like uh, dislike the word success because I think when I started thinking, putting these little goalposts in, like, you know, oh, when I get my first cupcake store, that's my success. And then it became one to two stores to three stores to four stores. <laughs> or when we made, you know, a million dollars, that was my goalpost. Or when we made $2 million, that was my goalpost. And then mm-hmm. I started to realize like in life, whenever I had these big moments of you know I thought ah that's when I know I'll make it it started shifting Mm -hmm. so when we reached that first door then the goalpost would shift and um in a way it would make me unhappy it was like oh yeah I'll be happy for you know a short moment and then I'll be unhappy again because I have to create and set another goal um so and then I never actually felt that moment of success that made sense yeah yeah it's like it's hard for us because it's always like there's always something more especially Mm -hmm. as McRob students it's like the 99 isn't enough where's that one percent like have you do you think you're like either you've done it or are you like breaking the whole idea that there's always something else like because I Mm. think it's easy for us to get into this mindset of like you it's never going to be enough yeah but like it can sometimes be seen as a good thing or a bad thing like what's your take like yeah I mean this is like a whole I mean whole life journey for me mm-hmm. understanding about living in the moment and even when I uh, read that book what is, oh, I kind of remember the, the book's <laughs> name but it's basically um you know understanding what it is right now we're experiencing this goes into the woo-woo land but it's um it's more understanding that you know, what we have is now in this moment. And so if we're always thinking about the future and what's coming next, we'll never feel fulfilled or happy because we're always, you know, looking for that next thing to to conquer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what I've been practising, it's, it's meditation practice, is understanding like, you know, this moment now is all we have. Mm. And I really do love that even though like you're obviously very, very successful, you took that and you created a platform where you could help other females and other women get to where you are and be just as successful as not successful sorry we don't like that word (laughs) just as happy as you are Hmm. do you know what I mean and I do love that for you and I feel like it's very inspiring for everyone here and we love that I just like did you ever see yourself like 
ever being in a CEO position because that's one thing for me I would never ever expect me to be in a position of authority and that mm. might be because I'm a, I'm a woman or because it's just me mm. but like did you ever expect that from yourself no not no, no I didn't think about <laughs> it even when I had this dream of owning a cupcake store I didn't think I'd be a boss one day it was more that I just wanted to do what I love doing yeah um that was my whole thing where I felt passionate about what I did and every morning I'd wake up feeling inspired um, and wanting to do something with my life. Like I really felt working in corporate world didn't serve me because yeah. every day I felt like my soul was like slowly dwindling. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Yeah, perfect. Well, I think we've learned so much from you with your time with us today. Thank you so much for coming. It's all the time we have today. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Um, it's been a great time talking to you live from McRobertson's Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. You've been listening to Be Like Her live on McRob Live. My name is Grace. This is Katie, Mulmy and Kezia as my co-host. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found all the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from McRobertson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live. <laughs>